0: ...means the ministry's interfering at Hogwarts. You're not going mad. You're just as sane as I am. I must not tell lies. You seem to be laboring
1: under the delusion that I'm going to... What was the phrase? Come quietly.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. We're doing chapter two of Order of the Phoenix, A Peck of Owls. We have Jen and Elizabeth back with us again. (laughs) That laughter that you hear will be with us through the entire rest of the episode. Oh my gosh. We hope you enjoyed episode one with both of them on. If you listen to episode one, you know kind of what you're in for in episode two.
2: If you didn't, we're sorry. Yes.
0: So this is kind of an interesting chapter. It has, uh, shockingly, a lot to do with owls. Um, We get some more with Mrs. Fig. We get uh, five distinct letters being sent to Harry. Uh, We get some more Dudley with the Dementor talk. And then we have a, a fun spoiler section discussion planned. So... With that, some some of the Mrs. Fig stuff, uh, she lets us in on a lot of that information about the background, because Harry has, like, thousands of questions for her. Um, it's
1: so funny that he's getting the most information about what's been going on from Mrs. Fig out of anybody that he knows right now.
0: And she still really doesn't even tell him that much. No. It's just Mundungus, Tear, and she doesn't even really say a lot about Mundungus other than, I'm going to kill him, <laughs> repeatedly.
1: Beats him up at like a cat, he
0: (laughs) mundungus apparated to uh catch a deal on stolen cauldrons that quote fell off the back of a broom which that must be is are there semi-truck brooms like how does that work i don't know we're presuming that they are indeed thick bottom cauldrons Uh, maybe they're not and Percy's going to be like after him who knows
2: yeah there's a whole subplot of just percy persecuting (laughs) mundungus
0: Percy persecuting Mundungus. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> we get a mention of Elizabeth's favorite character in the entire Harry Potter series, Mr. Tibbles. <laughs>
2: My favorite thing about this is you wrote this on the notes, but if you didn't write this on the notes, I was about to write this on the notes.
0: It's almost like we know
2: her. Almost.
0: (laughs) We get more information on it. Yes. That Fig is actually a squib. She can't really uh, defend herself, so she's trying to remind Harry repeatedly, like, keep your wand out. Mm -hmm. Keep your wand at the ready, Mr. Potter. And uh, she has a couple of really interesting random phrases that she throws out here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hanged for a dragon as an egg. No idea what that means. Uh, Cats among the pixies now.
2: Uh, Hanged for a sheep as a lamb.
0: Never heard that in my life. Yeah, me
2: either. Yep. Does it say where that phrase comes from? Um, That one I'm not 100%. Oh, it was a proverb in John Ray's 1678 collection. Cool. It alludes to the old punishment for stealing sheep, which was hanging no matter what, what the age or size of the animal.
0: So you know. Well, there you go. I still write it off as nonsense. Uh, So, (laughs) uh, but anyway, she takes, she escorts Harry and Dudley back to the Dursleys' house and then she leaves to help, uh, to see if there's any more info coming through. Uh, She does have an interaction with Mundungus where, uh, like Elizabeth said, she beats him with a purse full of cat food. Solid.
1: I also like how Harry is so indignant that people have been following him this whole time. And and she's like, good lord, boy, they told me you were intelligent. Like, did you really think we'd let you just wander about by yourself? My
0: question is, who told her he's intelligent? (laughs) He's been called an idiot like five times in the last four (laughs) chapters that we've done. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. So once we get back to the Dursleys, there is a whole lot that actually happens. Obviously, Vernon and Petunia are very upset that Dudley looks on the verge of death. He looks awful. I think he actually pukes on the doorway, right? He throws up yeah. on the the doorstep.
1: And Vernon also has some not-so-subtle racism going on. Did you guys catch that? He yeah. was like, oh, did they give you something foreign for tea? And earlier in book in chapter one, when they were watching the news, and, and they talked about the Spanish... Um, yep. People with a baggage strike and he's like oh, give them a lifetime siesta I'm like good Lord man yeah. like he's not a pleasant man no
0: he has some issues
1: yeah. <laughs> so many there's another thing he says later that I'll I'll also make that comment about but continue with your your recap
0: so when they get in there um, obviously they <laughs> Harry tries to make it upstairs uh, before Dudley has finds his voice uh, he's unsuccessful Mm-hmm. And this launches a whole uh, Vernon, really it's just Vernon mainly, uh, against Harry and their verbal joust that they have going back and forth. Harry's trying to explain what Dementors are. Meanwhile, owls are periodically appearing. So some things from this, uh, from this interaction. Uh, we get Arthur coming in clutch with a very uh, quick, very clear letter. And that is top-notch from Arthur to get this thing in under the gun, as, mm. as he did. And write it so unbelievably clearly. <laughs> don't do anything stupid. Don't, don't.
1: Yeah, like, don't surrender your wand. Don't it's surrender
0: your wand. Just stay put. We're trying to sort it out. Dumbledore's on his way. He'll figure it out.
1: Yeah.
0: In, in amongst the letters, uh, Harry's trying to explain what happened to Dudley, and he's explaining to mentors. And Vernon's like, what are those? And Petunia, of all people, go, they guard the wizard prison Azkaban, Mm -hmm. which I think of shockers in this series, I think that might be one of the most underrated surprises in this whole series of Petunia sticking up and finally like going out on a limb and mentioning the wizarding world directly.
1: Reading about that was probably as much of a mind blown as like, um, seeing that Mrs. Big knew about the wizarding world because you're like oh my gosh she knows this detail how does she know this detail all she says she heard that horrible boy telling her about it that one time
0: harry's even blown away by this like random input from petunia that's yeah. so exact and then he doesn't really get time to dwell on it because harry gets another owl well, okay, first of all, we, we kind of jumped the gun here. He he gets the first original owl. Arthur's is the second. The first original owl comes from the Ministry of Magic, who's already expelled him and told him, like, oh, by the way, you have a hearing you have to go to at which we'll figure out other further punishments, or what have you, or where your wand will be...
1: Confiscated.
0: Uh, your wand will be confiscated, it will be broken, it'll be, like, all, all these kind of threats, essentially. The big... And I... Look, I think we can all relate when uh, someone in an authoritative position lays down this very uh, authentic looking statement of like, oh, all of these repercussions are coming and you can't do anything about it. And you look at it and you freak out and you're like, oh, my God, they're going to take my house. They're going to take my car. They're going to take, you know, X, Y or Z going to get expelled from school. And then once somebody else. Lawyers, mostly, and, like, take a look at it, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Like, cool it down. Well, there's Um, also
1: the extra level of panic of, like, Voldemort's back. How am I supposed to fight him without a wand? Yep. Yeah.
0: How is he supposed to survive without a wand? Exactly. Like, he's now You
1: are giving me, like, a death penalty if you take my wand.
0: Yeah. Um, But then that's when Arthur's note comes in, um, kind of reassuring him that Dumbledore's trying to figure it all out. And then after Petunia's little uh, interlude with the uh, Dementor note, Harry gets a third owl that's from the ministry saying, okay, you're not expelled. Consider yourself suspended at this time. Which follows then another fourth letter coming from Sirius, which is just a brief message to be like, stay put. Mm -hmm. Just stay put. We're figuring it out. Stay put. And uh, Harry starts beginning to take these, like, beginning. He has taken these brief letters poorly all summer but now he's starting to get very uh emotionally compromised at this point and this i think is a great example of text being misread like, if you're texting someone and you mean one thing, they could interpret that same text a vastly different other way. You're not speaking to the person anymore.
2: So what you're saying is Syria should have put a smiley face <laughs> at the
0: end. An, L, an LOL, you know, like they something. Put,
2: LOL.
0: <laughs> smiley Tongue face.
2: Thumbs
0: up. emoji. <laughs> like, Don't
2: leave
1: the house. <laughs> Wink. All
0: <laughs> yeah, right. He would use that emoji so often. Don't do something so rash. Wink. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Harry gets even more confused. Right.
0: Exactly. Wow. That took a turn that I did not. (laughs) But yes.
1: No, I think you're right though. Like the misinterpreting the tone. Like obviously, we know, there's panic going on. They're trying to sort things out very, very quickly. So I don't have time for explanation. But from his mind, it's like, look, I just almost died. Give me something. Yeah. Anything.
0: I've almost died twice now in like a month and a half. And
1: still nobody is telling me. Information, so. And they're
0: treating him like a child, which he doesn't think he should be treated as such. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not treating him like a child. They're just trying to sort through a very complicated situation.
2: They're focused on the action and Harry's focused on his emotion. Right. Yeah. So
0: yeah. They're
1: not recognizing that that's what the other is mm-hmm. thinking about. Well, especially with the ministry, I mean, like, even in their first notes, they're down to the minute of, like, this is when this happened, and here's the letter that we sent, like, 22 minutes ago, and things are getting sorted out. It's like, the adults know, the ministry has the ability to know by the minute of what's going on, and that means we have to respond very fast.
0: And then, uh, after all of this, Vern is starting to, he's trying, he's trying his best to piece this all together, even though I I commend... (laughs) jk for figuring out like 18 different ways to say the word to mentors <laughs> which vernon uses uh, and each one is different so kudos to her for that <laughs> but he's starting to figure this out like wait why were they here yeah and harry doesn't have an answer for that and then vernon's like they're here for you
1: well harry says that he's like i, I imagine voldemort is sending them and that was another one of those weird petunia connection moments of like she's the only one who knows what that means. And I said that was the first time he's really appreciated that she's Lily's sister, that she can see with very big, like, very obvious fear in her eyes, like, oh, yeah, Voldemort's back. I saw him come back a month ago.
0: Well, shoot! Yeah, that's, that's problem? a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> uh, so Vernon's piecing this together and is like, well, if this is a threat to my family because of you, leave. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yeah. You were so quick to try to do it earlier. Leave. Yeah. I won't stop you. And right after that, he gets the fifth howler or the fifth letter, which happens to be a howler, and it goes straight to Petunia. Most interestingly, all of these letters have been shot to Harry. Mm-hmm. This one goes to Petunia, and it's only a voice saying, Remember my last Petunia.
1: And it was a horrible voice, too. It was very like threatening sounding.
0: Yeah, it was like an ominous kind of voice. Yeah,
1: he can, he doesn't know who said it. He can. He could distinguish the name or the, the, the voice.
0: And Petunia ends up looking quite resigned and just says... "I'm shaken. The boy will have to stay. Yeah. The boy will have to stay. Harry, after not getting anything for all summer, is now... He has...
1: It's like so much processing. He had
0: <laughs> so many questions to begin with. Like the beginning of chapter one, he has... So many different questions, like hundreds of questions already.
1: None of which have been answered.
0: None of which have been answered. And now in chapter two, he's getting a hundred more different questions Mm -hmm. about different things that he's also not getting answers to. You
1: know what he needs? He needs a (laughs) pen (laughs)
0: sieve. I don't know that Harry would even know what to do with a pen (laughs) sieve. Quite honestly. But... Yeah, he's blown away by the fact that Petunia would get a howler, uh, get a specific message to her, and she seemingly recognizes it perfectly.
1: Yeah, I mean, so many things have just happened. He's realized Mrs. Fig knows the Wizarding World. He realizes that, like, you know, Dementors are here in the Muggle... I, like, I, there's such a clash of the Muggle world and the Wizarding world in these two chapters. And he even talks about that when they're in the kitchen talking about Voldemort, and he's like, literally any... Mention of magic ever, the Dursleys flinch at and they're like, oh, they freak out. But the mention of Voldemort, they're just like, because eh, they have no idea. But trying to explain to them the Wizarding world and getting them to understand that this does affect them, it's just again like it just melts your brain. <laughs> but so cool. but
0: Petunia, on at least some level, does recognize that. Yeah. No, this does impact yeah. at least our life.
1: The facade that doesn't exist has fallen.
0: So we've we've kind of uh, bypassed the Dudley of it all here. And there is. Obviously, he's sitting here and he looks much worse for wear. He is in significant, let's say, discomfort. And some of it's physical, but some of it is very clearly mentally uh, and emotionally draining on him. And Harry has thoughts on what could have shaken Dudley so much. He knows what Dementors do to anybody, but... Dudley's lived a pampered life. He's lived a very propped-up, sheltered kind of life. What could he possibly have as horrors in his own life? And I think that's an interesting question. They never really answer it here, uh, because Dudley's not exactly uh, volunteering some information.
1: Well, if you go to the Wizarding World, um, which I just did, how the experience left him completely confused and traumatized, obviously.
0: Your thought was... He experienced what, how other people might view him.
1: Yeah. I forget where exactly in the Wizarding World I saw that article, but it was just basically like, you know, he's lived such a pampered life, but he's been such a brat and he's made other people feel so awful about themselves. So he was forced to feel that way and just did not like the experience.
0: It's an interesting thought. Like that uh, torture kind of being put back on him in a way.
1: It's like torture with forced empathy, maybe?
0: It's an interesting effect from a Dementor, you know?
1: Yeah. Hmm. But he doesn't have any depression to experience. So would that
0: be like what an example of like imprisoned, rightfully imprisoned people in Azkaban must feel then?
2: I have a question about this, though. Do we know that Dudley is... I I know Harry's perspective of Dudley's life is that Dudley has never had any bad moments. Yeah. Do we know that that's actually true? We don't. Because even people... I mean, this this feels very much like Harry is letting his former biases affect that statement because Dudley could be incredibly insecure. Dudley could wish that he was someone else. Like, we we don't know anything about Dudley's mental state other than what he's... How he's acting outward and you could make the argument that because he's been a bully consistently that there is something that's not fulfilled in his life
0: yeah yeah there's always that uh, it's like an old adage of like the bully is usually the one with the actual issues right
1: right. (laughs) and
0: they're just taking it all out on other people
1: especially the thing they pick about is the thing they're most insecure about
0: yeah yeah so I mean there there could be some some more darkness in Dudley that I think he lets on to and let's be real Vernon and Petunia and, th- and this might be part of it. Vernon and Petunia put a whole lot on Dudley. Mm-hmm. And they they pump him up.
1: They make him the perfect son.
0: But he might not feel that way. He might not feel like he lives up to that.
1: Yeah. Or
0: he might not love the way that he might not love the way that they put that on him. There there could he could have some resentment towards vernon and petunia um again i'm gonna probably cop out and say that's a little bit of all of this but i think it's worth people throw this section away uh, i think quite easily when they get into dudley conversations Hmm. but i think this is where harry and dudley might really begin to understand who each other are
1: yeah their relationship definitely changes
0: It's an important moment, I think, in Dudley's character arc. And I think, you know, going forward as we might, we'll get more Dudley. It's a moment to kind of look back on.
1: Can I make another comment about Vernon? Sure. We talked about his, like, you know, racism. He also told Harry that he hoped your lot has the death penalty. Yeah. Like, that is so extreme. You're telling this child to his face, I hope you're killed because you did some magic. That I don't understand. Like, he literally just saved your child's life, and you're hoping he dies. Great.
0: Vernon's got a lot of issues, obviously. (laughs) Vernon's got a lot of issues, and we've seen him verbally and physically, because in the first first chapter, he, like, strangles Harry. Yeah. Like, he's been verbally and physically abusive to Harry this entire time. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how one can really be a fan (laughs) of Vernon in any way. I think he's by far the the worst of the three of them.
1: If you like Vernon, though, tell us what you love about him.
0: We would certainly be interested to hear it because <laughs> I I don't have many positive to to say about the man. Other than I'm sure he's a very fine worker at Grunnings who does his job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Employee of the month.
0: <laughs> sure. Not not a whole lot of kind of things to say about Vernon, but.
1: I just feel like Dudley has the worst run-ins with magic ever. Yeah. He has that pigtail, and then he has the expanded tongue. He has the Dementors coming after him. It's just total chaos.
0: Not all of it is really his fault. No, a, a lot of it is a lot of it's Vernon based. Vernon's the one that's provoking Hagrid in book one all the time. Uh, all he wanted to do was eat some cake. <laughs> all he wanted to do was eat some candy. <laughs> That was a Fred and George putting that on him, and then uh, and and then this. Uh, I mean, how could you ever blame Dudley for this? Uh, so.
1: Oh, also, 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 also. After you both made the comment about cats, I almost forgot. I wanted <laughs> to talk about the cats.
0: How? How could <laughs> Elizabeth have forgotten about cats?
1: I don't Crazy. Know. Do, okay, so the question is, which you will laugh at when you read my notes, but do cats in the Wizarding world just understand things more? The same way that owls do, because like owls have this perception of of understanding, like okay, I have to collect payment whenever I deliver the mail, I have or the newspaper, I have to bring the mail to whoever the magical person is, and I know somehow where they are located, even if I've never been there before. But like cats, just like like Mrs. Fig said, how she put Mr. Tibbles on the case, and then he alerted her that Mundungus like left. And we know Filch is very, very close with Mrs. Norris, and they have that communication of being able to seek out the troublemakers. And we know Sirius talked to Crookshanks in a way, which we've talked, is it because they're both in animal form, or is it just, like, because cats are so intelligent? We know Crookshanks was a very intelligent cat. So I'm just like, are cats, like, lore with witches has been that cats aren't connected with them, so I wonder if cats are also in that special category of, like, magical creatures magical knowledge
0: do you think there are magical and non-magical cats i
1: don't know because it seems like all the owls have like you know they all seem to operate within the wizarding world i wonder if the cats just know
2: i think it's just a cat thing that's how i always read it was just yeah it, it similar to like the owls cats i have a way to communicate and they know what go, are what is going on they're so smart <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, i think jk has a cat thing because we see lots of examples of cats we don't see a lot of examples of dogs no,
1: you don't. get
0: you get serious
1: uh, No, i mean we get fluffy we get
0: you get very little of fluffy
1: we get fluffy and as a guard we dog get... specifically fang fang right that
0: that's it other than serious is Animagus. As a dog,
1: yeah.
0: And on the cat note.
1: <laughs> Things you never thought you'd say. <laughs> we
0: will uh, pause it here, get to the break sound, and go on to the spoiler section. So we will be right back. All right, so we are back with the spoiler section of Chapter Two, A Peck of Owls, and um, this will probably be a, a shorter side. We had a longer. Spoiler section in chapter one, we'll try to keep this one a little bit shorter, but I had a thought, um, based on some of our discussions on Snape at the end of, uh, Goblet of Fire, and you get a scene here with Petunia and how Harry's recognizing or appreciating for the first time that she's his mother's sister, Mm -hmm. and... Obviously, this series, I think it's safe to say, revolves around, a lot around Lily <laughs> in a lot of different ways. The theme of mother's love runs throughout the series. We just got a scene of Voldemort in the graveyard kind of finding a way around part of Lily's magic. And we get, we, we talked about Snape specifically, my issues with maybe the obsession word going around with Snape and Lily because. Snape has uh, had uh, an affection for Lily and feels responsible for her death, so she's on his mind quite often. I think here we recognize maybe just how much Lily is on Petunia's mind. And Petunia is another character like Severus who has not been the kindest to Harry Potter, even though Lily's kid.
1: See, that's interesting because I... Never thought that Lily was very prominent in the books until book six, seven, when we see like all of Snape's memories just in one big chunk. It's always been James, James, James. I feel like Lily is so to the sidelines and then it's like when it's the reveal of like I had love for her and I knew her and that that's when it's like boom mother love comes out
0: but this is a spoiler section we've read all of this before <laughs> so having so having that boom moment yeah um going back and rereading a series uh, do you, you happen to see those same similar hints of Lily's underlying well, yeah, presence?
1: I mean, like because of her, he, there's the prophecy is able to be a thing, and because of her love, and we know Snape trying to take care of Harry is because of his love for Lily, and blah 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 blah. <laughs> I feel like it, it's he's he is always just so much. Maybe it's just because he looks so much like James that it's always. You know, I want to live up to my father's reputation. And I want to be like my dad, who was an amazing man that everyone always loves to talk about. But it seems like no one talks about Lily as much until we see her through Snape's eyes. And then it's like...
0: Slughorn has very a lot of very complimentary things to say about Lily.
1: Yeah, he does. The push is always James, James, James. So when Lily does come into focus, then it's like, yeah, she was a whole person too. She's not just, you know... The woman who married your father.
0: Wow, you I, you have a very interesting view of Lily. Okay, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Jen. No,
2: I was gonna say I feel like at some point in the series they did kind of mention that that there was like it, it it came up. I can't remember exactly when it came up, but I I felt like there was some someone mentioned that there's a lot of things about James and his friends. Yeah. And because the focus is on James and his friends. And then the The Marauders
0: and all of that. Right.
2: And then the focus does kind of turn into like Harry does really want to emulate his dad. And that does get touched on a lot in the early books. But we really don't know a lot about Lily. Like Lily really is not introduced until later. And that does kind of, that is kind of what it feels like where he spends so much of his time looking up to his dad. And they touch on like the mother's love and all of that. But that's the extent
1: to which we know. Yeah, really a lot about like oh he was the Quidditch star. I want to be right. the Quidditch star who can fly just as well as him too. And then it's like you know we see him with his friends and they got along together so well. Yeah. And there's my mom who's calling him a you know fat headed like egotistical like yep Quidditch star and like oh well that's odd <laughs> and, and like yeah. like there there's just not as much he doesn't seem to dive into her background as much as he does James. I think it's done purposely because then, when you do see the memories through Snape's eyes, the focus is on Lily, and then you're like, "Wow, this woman existed, and in such a strong way." You're yeah. laughing, but it's true. Cause no, like, right. He doesn't really like see, seem to think of her. Like, yeah, like when he sees her in the mirror, yes, he looks at her and he's like, di- like drinking in her appearance. And when he sees her as like the ghost f- memory form with the with the wand battle he just had, like, yeah, that's a thing, too. But so much of his life is just, like, you know, live up to James's reputation, I yeah. guess.
0: Lily has... Quite, I, I get what you're saying, is we don't find out a lot more of Lily's reputation until, Book six. until later. I yes. think it's just,
1: like, purposely done to keep her secretive so that when you do find out Snape had a thing for her and they... And not that she didn't have a thing back. I mean, they had a friendship, but it would be so surprising to learn that because he he's never asking anybody about Lily. He only yeah. seems to ask about James.
0: So, but So I guess my point here is you have two characters that are historically up to this point, not in Harry's corner. <laughs> like you have Snape and you have Petunia. Mm-hmm. Very much against Harry and what mm-hmm. he's trying to do. Putting him down, keeping him down, etc. They both have significant ties to Lily Potter. Yeah. And what they do for Harry Mm -hmm. is because of that connection with With Lily. Lily. Yeah. So I I guess I'm kind of trying to pry out like... Okay, the reason why
1: we're talking about this, right, is because in the chapter she says how she overheard that horrible boy telling her, meaning Lily, about the Dementors in Azkaban... Way back when, Harry assumes that by horrible boy, she means James. Yep. She actually means Snape. And that is, like, a repressed thought that she's had because we know Petunia wanted to be magical. She wrote to Dumbledore and begged to go to Hogwarts, and he was very kind and saying, No, sorry, you don't have magic. That won't <laughs> work. And, like, she's got the, the jealousy of her sister and all that. Um, but...
0: I think she does love her sister, though. Oh yeah, there's a love for Lily. There's a
1: love there. for yeah. her. It's just been tainted by jealousy, and yeah. and then with her being taken away by magic, by the Wizarding World, and never being able to reconnect. With I think adults, that's worse.
0: I think I the that, like, I think the fact that she was taken by the magical world and a magical water. Wizarding World mm-hmm. war was far outweighs the jealousy that she might have had. Yeah. Uh, Because I think, you know, that is a childhood issue. And I know we have characters in this series that carry their childhood traumas into their adulthood. But I think she, as an adult, would put that aside. You would hope. Eventually, because Lily died when she was very, very young. I think she puts aside the jealousy because that sisterly love would triumph that Childhood uh, or childish uh, emotion of of you know petty jealousy, mm. losing her sister and losing someone that she grew up with and cared about. I I think that's what scarred her more to the whole thing. Uh, look at what the Wizarding World has done. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Um, so this is, a, a, it's related, it might be a little bit of a tangent from the original point in this, but I'm curious now what your thoughts are on, have you seen all the movies? Have you finally taken the... I've watched them all, but it was so long
1: ago. Okay. And I didn't have fun thoughts I, while I right, 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 right.
2: So there's one thing that, that sticks out in my mind while you're talking about how Petunia has essentially a lot of trauma around losing her sister. Mm-hmm. What, if you remember this, and then you've seen them. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a scene that they added in, I don't remember if it's the sixth book, or sixth movie, or the, or the seventh movie, where Harry is saying goodbye. It must be seventh we where, where, where Harry is saying goodbye to the Dursleys. And there's a scene where Petunia is uh, about to walk out, and she turns to Harry, and she says something to the effect of, you didn't just lose a mother, I lost a sister. Mm. And then she walks out. And in the books, that never happens. No, in the books, she, like, she leaves. Turns, looks like
0: she about, about to, to say something, something that can't.
2: doesn't, and then yeah. leaves. But in the movies, they actually had her, her her vocalize that. Interesting. So, what are your thoughts on? Because I feel like that's that that's something I've I've seen pointed out in in different fan circles as you either love it or you hate it.
1: I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I think that she hasn't done enough to process the trauma. I think she hasn't done any therapy. She's still trying. Therapy to...
0: doesn't clearly exist in this in this world. There is
1: no <laughs> one in this world. But she hasn't done anything to try to process her grief over Lily. She suppressed it, suppressed it, suppressed it. And now that she's leaving her house, I mean, she had the chance to say something, but I think that she's been so used to not doing it that it was like, it died in her throat and then it just walk out.
0: I, I think the Phantom as a whole, when they're, when they're not kind of buying into that, uh, a lot of what you just said <laughs> is I think a bit harsh because just because we're reading about a trauma doesn't mean that that trauma is not a real emotion for somebody. And that, that kind of trauma, losing a family member that early to a tragic thing, weighs on you whether you go through therapy or not i I know we like put a a lot on therapy (laughs) therapy does not solve everything it helps and and it can help someone work through something but it is not by all means a be-all and end-all like i went to therapy therefore i am cured that that's not how that works
1: you gotta put the work in
0: you gotta really there's a lot that goes into something like that and i and i Yes, she doesn't do those things.
1: Yeah, no, she hasn't put any
0: work in, and she marries uh, a person in Vernon who specifically works towards stomping down any tr- anything that she might actually have tried. She he stomps down, uh, and that's an environment, and that's we've talked about the Dursley household environment as a whole. But to kind of dismiss Petunia's emotions toward her sister or towards Harry. That's harsh. Well, I don't she's gone I, through. I'm
1: not dismissing it entirely. I think within the book, when she turns, like she's going to say something. Like she's obviously thinking about it. But I think it's more in line with her character to not be able to get to that point with him. Because she's got years and years and years and years and years, and years of hatred towards Harry. To suddenly put that aside and be like, I loved your mother. She was my sister. A, a relationship that she has basically pushed aside and pretend like didn't existed for his entire life
2: i think it's so i'm i'm taking somewhere of a of a neutral thing to this because i thought it was a really good scene in the movie and i know a lot of people complained that it was trying to humanize her when she was nothing but terrible to harry the entire time and that it was this uncharacteristic thing but the one thing that i will say in defense of it is it is a very um final is not the right word but it is it's a very
0: closure kind of thing
2: Kind of with closure, but it's just, it's, they don't know if they're going to see each other again. Yeah. And, and this is definitely something where it does seem like when people are faced with something that's very finite, maybe, um, or just you're, you're at the very end of it, right? Like there's, I could see it almost as being like. She's just she loses it her facade for for a second she lets her grief come through and just it it drips through in this one single thing that she says where she's hit with like the magnitude of this of the situation and it just comes out I can see that and then from
1: that point on she's probably still for me it comes across like more we're spoon feeding to the audience that this is what she's feeling okay whereas in the book it's not spoon fed it's you have to interpret that yep. the fact that she hesitated means that she's thinking about it. Yeah. She just doesn't actually say it.
2: I think the I think the movie does a good job of it kind of vocalizes like like now you know a little bit more about what she's hesitating to say in the book. Mm. I think the book has a much more nuanced approach to conveying it. I think that's harder to convey in the movie, but I always liked that sentiment. Even if she doesn't say it, even if that's what she's just feeling in the book when she hesitates and leaves, you still you still kind of get a, a little bit of insight into similar, she is really grieving.
1: It's like similar to like when Dudley puts a cup of tea outside of Harry's room and it's like this is him trying to show that he cares and it's like he, he does, he's not used to be like Harry I love you man because he'll never get to that point well, see, but yeah. is... doing that kind thing is like this shows there's a little bit of a change yeah. that's going to happen.
0: Well yeah, that, yeah that's what I was about to say yeah. that...
1: Biggest steps. To to
0: your point, in in the movies, that scene of Harry and Petunia might be unwarranted. Because there's nothing to show character growth at all. And then suddenly she's having character growth at the very end. That's not true in the books. Yeah, Things like in this chapter show that, no, 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 this matters to her. She is affected by Lily and Lily's death. And those are some character moments you do see. So the people saying... Or upset with that scene being like, oh, she's treated Harry terribly, and she's X, and she's Y, and she's Z." How are you reading the books? <laughs> because there there are actual examples where she does have a shred of humanity. That maybe Vernon doesn't. Yeah. She does. Goes then,
1: back to my hatred of the movies.
0: <laughs> and that's fine. But, yeah. you know, don't mistake, like, there are points in the books where it shows that she is part. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, she definitely
1: does. And
0: uh, I'm, I'm just... Throwing this out there as you know, what do we think about Harry being worse for Petunia being in the same house because she's reminded every day that her sister's not there. Yeah, she has no connection. She she doesn't like James. We always knew she didn't like James, but uh,
1: and Harry looks like James.
0: And Harry looks except
1: like James, for except for his he eyes. <laughs> so much
0: (laughs) this is what she does when she knows I have a point that she disagrees with (laughs) and then she laughs about it because that's furthering my point anyway um, no but seeing Harry every day is further reminder that her sister's not there
1: yeah
0: and that that just kind of deepens that uh, that trauma for her it's almost like a reverse therapy every day Mm -hmm. of reminding you why your life is how why your life is the way it is,
1: yeah.
0: And and you know, it, it's not fair to Harry by any means. I'm not saying it's fair to Harry, but I'm just saying psychologically with Petunia, it's it's not cut and dry.
1: I mean, the fact that she remembered this detail from a conversation when she was like what 11 years old and she's now yeah. in her 40s, 30s, 40s, 30s, 40s. I mean, like to remember it that. Clearly shows a lot, I think.
0: I think, honestly, Snape and Petunia have a lot more in common than most people would care to put together. And I think they both have, and I hate this word, but they both have an an obsession with Lily. Yeah. And they just act on it very differently. Snape uses that to do something about it. He, He tries to be active and make up for regrets in his life. Whereas Petunia tries to shove it as far possible to the side and not actually deal with the emotion of it. And like Dumbledore s- said, when, you know, th- they tried to shuffle him out of the Barty Crouch Jr. Uh, interrogation. No, no, no. He has to deal with this. He has to experience this so he can then accept it. And I don't think Petunia's ever accepted it. Snape has, I think to some degree, and has dedicated his life to righting that wrong, whereas Petunia's shoving it as far, far down as she possibly can to get away from it. It's just different ways of dealing with grief.
1: Okay, while you're talking, my mind is going down this rabbit hole. (laughs) So I was thinking, like, imagine if Petunia and Snape talked to each other as adults, like if they interacted with each other, and then I was thinking if Petunia did do that, she would 100% judge Snape, For his, like, greasy, dirty appearance that she loved oh so much, which he also had as a child. And then that's making me wonder if, in part, her obsession with keeping things clean so much is because, like, this wizarding world (laughs) seems to be very greasy and gross (laughs) based on her first interpretation of a wizard being Snape. And then, like, (laughs) if she invited him into her kitchen, she'd be like, I have to go extra hard with the Lysol or something because it's just so gross. That's where my mind went. <laughs> but I think they would have had a really interesting conversation as adults. You know, because, I mean, they did interact as children. It wasn't a great interaction, but they did. They did know each other once upon a time.
0: I I mean, obviously, for, for obvious reasons, we don't get to that interaction.
1: No, he dies.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you for putting that clearly out there.
1: We are in the spoiler We section. are. We are.
0: But obviously that, that interaction can't happen. So, And maybe that interaction would offer closure on some level to both of them yeah. as adults. Yeah. And they never get that. But I think there's some... Or he'd
1: be like, wow, your sister turned out to be a real piece of work.
0: <laughs> well, he never liked her. to begin with because of Snape's own... Like, there's fan theories out there uh, that if Snape hadn't been as into the dark arts as he was, Mm -hmm. which ultimately turned off Lily, Mm -hmm. they might have ended up together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, I mean, they did have some things in common. Lily saw some things in Severus that were positive.
1: And he was kind to her from the start. He made her feel better about not being of a wizarding family. She was a muggle-born. He made her, like, transition to Hogwarts more smooth because she knew somebody already.
0: So, I... I think Petunia and Snape have some interesting parallels is the whole point of what I tried to bring <laughs> up.
1: We've had an interesting discussion.
0: We have. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think on all of this because it's uh, it's an interesting conversation. And I know some people will be very dismissive of it like Elizabeth was to begin with. I
1: wasn't dismissive.
0: And some will be more accepting it. of it like John I really <laughs> so,
1: Dumbledore's letter, remember my last, right? We talked about this during the break, but if I were just getting a letter that says remember my last, I'm going to want an extra word there. Remember my last what? (laughs) You know?
0: I I think you're being a little harsh on Dumbledore. I think they've only probably had... I think it's safe to assume they've only had, like, one interaction, and it was a memorable one to begin with at that point.
1: I understand he has, like, seconds to send this letter because they're trying to force him out of the house, like, immediately. But at the same time, like, at least one more word would be all that you need. (laughs) Remember my last letter. Cool. I do remember your last letter. You said to keep Harry in the household because of all the blood magic and whatever. Fine, but just remember my last. Like, how are you supposed to know what that means?
0: You're an English teacher. You have no sense of poetic. There are no pronouns. Remember there. my last.
1: Remember <laughs> my last what? But like, remember how what? often
2: is Petunia getting wizarding mail?
1: Yeah, but like, still, <laughs> she hasn't gotten a howler before. I like
2: it because it. Be- I like it because it's ambiguous. I like it because <laughs> it's like this.
0: It's if, more if, dramatic. If, literally, she's
2: really going for drama. <laughs>
0: It's be
1: the dramatic It's the
0: ultimate example of if you know, you know, and if you don't know, then you don't know. <laughs> very true. Petunia got the message. That was the point. No one else <laughs> got the message.
2: All, that's all the the text of it should have said. It should have been that. um
0: If you know, you know.
2: Just. <laughs> it's even abbreviated. It's what is it? I Y K Y K. Just that. Just that. And
1: that's it. What if Dumbledore threw in some emojis too? <laughs> if you know, you know, wink. How yeah. <laughs> would they do that in a howler? Do <laughs> you think the howler
2: itself would wink? <laughs> can we just can it just be like a string of like winky face, lightning bolt, house emoji? If
0: if you're listening to this episode, this is exactly how I envisioned this group. <laughs> episode going i hope you enjoy the randomness that has gone on uh with our discussions i hope you like the discussion too but uh do you guys have anything else for the spoilers
1: no you should just have us both on again some other time
0: i'm sure we've got a long (laughs) long way to go i'm sure that'll happen uh so for that uh we will leave you here uh with the spoiler section so thank you all for listening uh again uh, leave a like, leave a comment, uh review that all helps us grow the podcast. Again, uh, we've started up some host red ads. We've started up some, uh, the the donation availability. So if you'll see on Spotify or Apple or Google, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you'll see support this podcast. Um, all of that does help us do what we do. It's a lot of work and a lot of time that goes into this. So that'd be great. <laughs> But otherwise, we hope you enjoy listening and uh, let us know what you think of everything. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pod.